Good morning, church. Our scripture reading today is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. Again, that's Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. And the word of the Lord reads, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Easter has always been a day of renewal. Even when I was a young child, the most important thing for me about Easter was that I was going to get a new set of shoes, a new shirt, and a new suit. Amen, Brother Murph. Amen. And the reason that was important, that might not have been important for some of y'all, but the reason that was important for me because there were only two times a year that we were guaranteed to have new clothes. That was the start of the school year. Mama didn't want you going to school in raggedy clothes. The start of the school year and Easter. And we understand the start of the school year. Everybody's got to look fresh. There's new faces. There's new grades. There's new friends. There's new girls. You got to look fresh. But why? Why new clothes at Easter? Why new clothes at Easter? Well, beloved, Easter points us to renewal. Easter points us to new life. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is the revelation and demonstration of new life. Christ was raised unto newness of life. And all those, the Bible tells us, that are now raised in him have been granted new life. New life, better life, eternal life. And in fact, the resurrection of Jesus gave us 
what was the fulfillment of God's promise to do a new thing. A new thing. Now, some of y'all probably first heard that idea of a new thing from listening to DC Talk back in the day. Now, you don't have to tell on yourself. You know you, know you listen to that. You know you probably wouldn't admit it now. And I don't know what exactly DC Talk was referring to when they said a new thing, and I'm not here to throw shade at DC Talk because Pastor Phil, they were just doing the best they could. But the fact of the matter is, beloved, when the Bible speaks about this idea of a new thing, the Bible is referring to the fulfillment of the promises of God, new and better promises. This promise of God from old has been the promise of something new. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 19, God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. But with God, beloved, it is important to understand that new is not just different. New is better. When God says he's going to do a new thing, he is not just saying he's going to do a different thing. God is saying that he's going to do a better thing. Better. And in our world, that's, that's interesting because in our world, new is not always better. For those of you who are Coca-Cola enthusiasts, you might remember this. That new Coke, apparently, was not better than old Coke. And the Coca-Cola company quickly discovered that in this world, new is not always better. But when it comes to the Bible, beloved, new is always better. When Christ was born, Christ was the birth of new. The incarnation was the revelation of better. When Christ came, he came ushering in the new and the better. That's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 8. Verse 6, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is what? Better, since it, enacted, it is enacted on better promises. New covenant, better covenant. New promises, better promises. In Christ, God was bringing into the world a new peace, a better peace, a new joy, a better joy. 
a new love, a better love, a new way, a better way, a new wine, a better wine. And notice what the Bible says in Mark chapter 2 and verse 22, right? That he wasn't going to put the new wine in old wineskins. But new wine required new wineskins. Now, if you get a new phone, what else do you also have to do? You got to get a new case. Now, most people, I'm not talking about Pastor Phil, but most people, when they get a new phone, they get a new case. Why? Because the old case doesn't fit. You need a new one. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, beloved, is the declaration to the world that God is making all things new and the old doesn't fit anymore. The old doesn't fit. And it all started that first resurrection morning. Right there. At the grave. It started right there. But God began to reveal a new day, a new people, a new song, and a new word. Did you get that, Brother Murph? A new day. A new people. A new song. And a new word. A better day. A better people. A better song. And a better word. And it started off with a new day. The resurrection literally ushered in a new day. Literally did, beloved. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Beloved, the resurrection of Jesus Christ occurred on the first day of the week. It didn't happen on the Jewish Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. It happened on the first day of the week. Of the ten appearances that the Bible records for us of Jesus after the resurrection, the first five appearances appeared on the first day of the week. Several times, several times, when the Bible is retelling the story of the resurrection of Jesus, the emphasis is not just on the fact that Jesus rose, but the emphasis is also on the fact that he rose on the first day. Why is that important, beloved? 
because the first day became a reminder that we have entered into a new day. A new day. God was not doing things the old way. There was a new day. There was a better day. Better day. A better day, beloved. A better day. Because you do understand that the seventh day was revealed according to Moses. But the, seventh, that the first day has been given in accordance with Christ. This is important because we worship not in accordance to the old creation, but we worship in accordance with the new creation. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He has been enveloped into the new creation where now old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When Christ was raised from the dead, he lifted the veil and he revealed a new day, the Lord's day. It's resurrection day. This is why we worship. We worship the Lord on the Lord's day. It is resurrection worship. Why? Because we worship on a new day because we are new people. We are new people. We have been born not under Moses. But we have been born anew in Christ. We are a new people. We have been given a new day. Again, look. Look at verse 1. Again, the first people to hear the good news of the resurrection and share it were Mary and Mary. Not that Mary and Mary. <laughs> but Mary, Mary, and the other women. Listen, beloved. This is not a coincidence. This is not accidental. This is not happenstance. There is a purpose and intention with this. God was doing a new thing. And this new thing is an inclusive thing. God is, was establishing a new people. And these people were going to be bigger. These people were going to be broader. These people were going to be better. 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 You do understand that the ministry of Jesus had already been giving hints at this. All along, he had been giving hints at this and his testimony to the reality of this inclusion. Jesus had many women 
amongst his loyal disciples. He also had many Gentiles who were among his followers. Now, I want you to understand something, beloved. For a teacher of any reputation, uh, particularly a Jewish rabbi, to have women following him and to have Gentile numbered amongst his followers, this was unprecedented. This was unheard of. And in most quarters, this was unacceptable. But the resurrection of Jesus doesn't care about your precedent. The resurrection of Jesus doesn't care about what you and I find acceptable. But the resurrection of Christ was ushering in a new thing, a better thing. The resurrection was breaking down walls. The resurrection was tearing down barriers. The resurrection was establishing a new community of people like the world had never seen before. Here would be a people no longer divided by race and nationality, no longer divided by color or gender, but here would be a new people, a new community, a better community, a better humanity. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, he did this by ending the system of law with his commandments and regulations he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself, what? One new people. One new people. The world, beloved, continues to perpetuate divisions. And in our flesh, we are all likely to acquiesce and follow those divisions to the point where they cloud our faith and they cloud our fellowships. And because we are in the world, we are often tempted to see our lives as the world sees our lives in terms of black and white, in terms of men and women, in terms of those things that separate and divide. But beloved, I want to suggest to you this morning that the kingdom of God calls us to something deeper, that the kingdom of God calls us to something richer, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ raises us up to a higher reality. It raises us up to a new humanity. In Christ, we are not raised into divisions of black and white. In Christ, we are not raised into divisions of Jew and Gentile, male or female. We are raised a new people. And if we are a new people, then we are a better people. 
better people. That's what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Because the resurrection raises up a new people. A new day, a new people, a new song. We won't be long. A new song. When the angel spoke to Mary and Mary, as they trembled in fear at the thought of their missing Savior, the angel's words that they spoke to those ladies would become the disciples' anthem. Verse 6, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. He is not here. He is risen. These are not just the words of the angels, beloved, but these would be the anthem. This would be the song of God's new people. Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It would become the substance of our confession. It would become the soul of our songs. The reason we sing is because Jesus is risen. That's why we sing, beloved. The resurrection of Jesus gives us new songs. The resurrection of Jesus gives us better songs. This is a new song. This is a better song. We don't just sing the songs of Moses. Listen to me this morning. We don't just sing the psalms and the songs of David. But we sing new songs, songs that proclaim the sufficiency of the blood of the Lamb. We sing songs that speak like Revelation 5 and 9, that proclaim that there is a new day, songs that talk about a new people redeemed by the blood of the Savior. New songs. We sing songs that proclaim the glory and power of Jesus. Like in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11, where it says, Because he's raised from the dead, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what we sing. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is risen. Jesus is coming again. That's why we sing these songs. We sing songs of the cross 
at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. We sing those songs. We sing songs of the blood. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. We sing new songs, beloved. We sing songs of the resurrection because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. We sing resurrection songs. Anybody ever ask you why you sing, you let them know. I sing because I know why the cage bird sings. He sings because Jesus is alive. He sings because the Lord is risen. These are the new songs in celebration of God doing a new thing. We are resurrection people. And therefore, we sing resurrection songs. Because, beloved, we got a resurrection word. We got a resurrection word this morning. It's a new word. Those new songs are based upon a new and better word. When the angels told these ladies to go and spread the word, <laughs> go and spread the word. What you want us to say? The Lord is risen just like he said he would. The Lord is risen just like he said he would do. The word they were to declare is a word no one had ever heard before. The dead are not dead anymore. Death is defeated. Jesus is alive. This was new, beloved. This was a new word because God was doing a new thing. And the resurrection of Jesus was the guarantee of this new covenant. Not only was it a new covenant, but the Bible says since it's a new covenant, guess what? It's a better covenant. It's a new word. It's a better word. It's a new community. It's a better community. It is a new worship. It is better worship. Better worship. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. The Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, 
the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Listen to me. We don't go to, with Moses to Mount Sinai in fear. But because of the resurrection, we now go with Jesus to Mount Zion in joy. We are not going every Sunday to Mount Sinai. We go to Mount Zion. And we don't go in fear. We go in joy. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus declares no more sacrifices, no more lambs, no more goats, no more ceremonies, no more rituals, no more veils, no more hiding, no more fear, no more guilt. No more shame. God is doing a new thing, beloved. He's got a new people, a new worship, a new word, a new day. Because he's all brought us into a new life. And that life is a better life because it is life in Christ. Through the resurrection, Jesus has done it all. Jesus has done it all. He's done it all, beloved. And all, all, all to him we give. Let us, let us, let us love and live and trust him. Let us in his grace, beloved, daily live. Because he has done it all. Because not only, beloved, is Jesus ushered in the better, but the promise is that you and I are going to receive the best. The best. So that is what heaven will be. Heaven is that place of which no greater place can be perceived. I want you to think for a moment of the best place that you could possibly imagine in your feeble, fallen, sinful mind. Just imagine the greatest, most pleasurable, pleasant, beautiful place. You can even close your eyes and try to do it for a moment. And as you imagine that, I want you to understand that heaven will be even better because it is that place of which no better place can possibly be conceived. That's what the resurrection does. That's what the resurrection does. But when Christ raised, he would say, and I go 
to prepare a place. It's a better place. It's the best place. And where I am, there you will be also. Because death is dead. All death is going to do is the favor of ushering you in. to the better place, the best place. God is doing a new thing in life, and you and I, because of the resurrection of Christ, have been enveloped in all that is new. If you are in Christ this morning, you are part of that new creation. Old things are passing away. Behold, all things are made new. Let's pray.